Well, um, I was going to do something completely different, but I'm I'm not. So uh, these guys have been walking through uh, and did a great job, Luke chapter 7. Uh, I'm going to keep forging forward with Luke chapter seven. What the, see here's here's my problem. Uh, so we before my vacation, we were off to Guatemala. So basically, for five weeks or more, maybe six weeks, I, I haven't spoken at all, and that means that I I get backed up in my brain of sharing with you. And then when I was in, in Guatemala, I had a lot of, lot of journal time uh, that was very revelatory to me. And I wanted to share some of those thoughts with you. Um, and I will, but not today. Uh, I, I was going to do some of it uh, the week that we shared with, in, with the Guatemala team. I thought, oh, maybe I can, I can eke out a couple of things that God spoke to me there. Um, and then I said no. But then uh, I, I'm like, okay, I'll just do it next time I'm there. But I felt like uh, it wasn't quite nurtured enough. The kombucha was not finished. Uh, nobody drinks kombucha here. Okay. Uh, okay, good. Good. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't fizzy yet. <laughs> it was fizzy the, the week after Guatemala, but, it, but after two weeks of vacation, I'm like, no, not fizzy now. Not, it, it lost its fizz. I might have to throw in a little bit more of whatever they throw in there, make that stuff happen. Anyway, uh, so, so I returned back to the Word of God, to, to Luke chapter 7, and I came to this passage that we're in today. Let, um, let's go ahead and, and um, I read it uh, slowly and, and then talk about something that's in the middle of all this. It says this. It says, All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' word, they acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. Now, uh, the, what uh, Brooke shared last week uh, was, was the talk about John the Baptist and, and his disciples coming to Jesus and said, Are you the one? And he said, he didn't answer them, did he? You know, I would always love that about Jesus. He wants us to live by faith. It's harder to live by faith. Wouldn't it be say, I'm the one? And then you can say, okay, good. But he said, he doesn't tell. He just says, well, you see all these uh, sick people here? And they're like, we don't see any sick people. Yeah, that's right, because I healed them. You see all the blind people? Nope, don't see any blind people. Why? Because I healed them. <laughs> you know, see these demon-possessed people everywhere? Nope, don't see them. Go tell John the fulfillment of the gospel. And, they, and John, uh, it, it's, it's a great story. And then Jesus ha- has this talk, and, and uh, Brooke didn't cover it, and I thought, ah, you could definitely, uh, we could spend the whole week on it. When Jesus says, what, who, did, who did you go out to see in the wilderness? Did you go out to see John, uh, you know, some guy in flowing robes. And they said, no, he went out to see a madman. I mean, he was really this crazy isolated guy that was eating bugs. I mean, if you saw a guy eating bugs and wearing sackcloth, uh, you'd think either this guy really knows God or he's really weird. Now, I, I lived in Santa Cruz for a while, and I, I, there was a few 
people that dressed up in sackcloth and said they were Jesus. And I was telling Jindy about what, this guy. His name was Tim, though. It wasn't Jesus. Um, and uh, he was a really nice guy. I spent a lot of time with him, actually. But he wasn't Jesus. Uh, but he wasn't John the Baptist either. Anyway, so he, they said, no, that's not why he went out. And anyway, so he, he tells the, re- the rest of the story. He says, no, you went out to, you went out to see a prophet. And, um, and then he, he says this curious thing, and I just have to say it. Um, he said that, that those that come into the kingdom, that he's the greatest of all men born by women, but he says, but those that enter into the kingdom are even greater than he. Now, I, I just want to float that one for you. You're all going, so how am I greater? Are you, doing, you guys know that you're greater than John the Baptist because you believe in Jesus? Do you guys know that? You're like, what? But greater than John the Baptist? How come nobody's writing me into the Bible? That's right. Nobody is. Um, because Jesus, or John the Baptist was, he, he was foretold of as being the last Old Testament prophet. He was the guy that was finishing the book of the Old Testament. And we're the ones that start the New Testament book. And all of those who have now said, I love Jesus, have become part of the new story that John was no longer part of. I didn't either. <laughs> that is, the, that seems to be the case anyway. <laughs> so, because that, that's what it says in Malachi. There's one crying out in the wilderness. Okay, anyway. So that brings us to today. And, and then he says, all the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' word, acknowledged that God's way was right because he had been baptized by John. Uh, but the Pharisees and the experts in the law, they rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. Jesus went on to say, To what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? A great analogy coming. They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to each other. We played the pipe for you and you didn't dance. We sang a dirge and you did not cry. For John the Baptist came neither eating or drinking, nor drinking wine, and you said, He has a demon. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, He is a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her children. I love this, <laughs> this little teaching that Jesus gives, gives us. Um, and what came to my mind when I, when I first read it, and this, this, I, I want us to be able to apply here for a minute. Have you ever said no to God? Now, we don't normally say no to God, do we? We just finesse around a yes, right? It's like, we, I mean, it's like, God, we, I, you know, I am totally, I'll obey you, whatever you call me, I am ready to go. But instead, we're like, how about tomorrow? Tomorrow's a good day. Um, well, how about I do it halfway? You know, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll half tithe it, or I'll, I'll, I'll half serve, you know. Uh, I'll just do it halfway. We, we find ways around it. And Jesus is, is really expressing 
something that is clear to our generation as well, that we will follow God as long as His terms are the terms we want to follow. That's where the Pharisees were. I was looking at the contrast here, and whenever you read uh, the Bible, you should always try to find yourself in it. Okay? Okay. You got two kinds of people here. You got tax collectors. What are tax collectors? They're, you know, they're, they're, well, these are repentant tax collectors. So these are like bad guys that realize they're bad and said, I should try it. I, I should repent of my badness. Okay? How many want to be a tax collector? Don't want to be a tax collector. And then he has the Pharisees. Okay, how many want to be a Pharisee? We're more like the Pharisees, I'll just tell you. Uh, okay, the, the, the tax collectors say, I'm far from God, please baptize me. The Pharisees say, I am doing pretty good here. I mean, are you guys doing pretty good in your walk with Jesus right now? How, how good are you doing? Pretty good. <laughs> And Jesus said, and the same message is both coming from, from uh, John and from Jesus, is I want to bring you grace, I want to bring you forgiveness, I want to bring you life, but you're going to have to say yes to him. Okay, so here we go. We'll start with the tax collectors and the Pharisees here. How many know there's an area of your life where you still need Jesus? At least one? Okay, good. Okay, <laughs> good. And how many have had the Holy Spirit talk to you recently about an area of your life where it needed some change? Anybody? Okay, all right. Because... There's two kinds of people here. There's those that know they need it. Those were the tax collectors. And those who don't think they need it. Now, my thing with, with the Lord is I'm always ready to obey until I'm not. There's certain times and certain seasons in my life where I'm just like, Lord, you know I'm going to go my own way, and I'm going to pray around it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pray a pause. Can we have a pause on, uh, on obedience today? And the Lord, that, that's totally fine. Whose voice is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need, I know. <laughs> I don't even need the devil. I mean, you know, it's just, it, you need the devil when you're pressing in and you're saying, Lord, I will obey anything. I will go anywhere. I will do anything. I will give, I will sell all my stuff and, and everything. Then the devil comes in and says, man, slow down a second. But if, if it's you, no problem. If you're living a life of mediocrity and, and half obedience, then you can talk yourself out of obedience. And, and I think that's what Jesus is getting at. And he's really aimed at the Pharisees here. I do like that the tax collector, they, they say, oh yeah, God's way is right because we've been baptized by John. And so they're off the hook. So Jesus is going, okay, let's talk to you Pharisees. And right in the middle of it, 
No, before I back up, I'm going to back up a little bit. They've been baptized by John, meaning that they took a public step forward. Now, one of the reasons we don't change as Christians is because we don't make our repentance public. Remember James says something? He says, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you may be healed. But I'm confessing to God. Lord, you know my problems. The reason we struggle so long is we don't get our problems to a friend to have them pray for us. We just keep that internal struggle in ourselves. And God calls us to a friendship where we can confess to one another. These guys did it publicly. They took the public step and they said, I need change and I'm going to take a step forward. Um, put down here, you know, the, the, the spiritual life is a life of change from glory to glory, right? How many are finished? Okay, if you're finished, you're, you're not on the planet. In fact, the Bible says we're not going to be finished here. But we are going to move forward. Now, when I was away on vacation, I was reading, the, 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 I was reading through the Psalms, not all of them. Um, I actually, I, I got to Psalm 119. How many know that's the longest Psalm in the Bible? Cool thing about vacation, you have time to read that. You know, that's, that's a hard, quiet time on a Wednesday morning before work. Uh, so I read all of Psalm uh, 119. It was awesome. But then when you come to 120 to 133, you have the song, the songs of ascent. They're called the songs of ascent. They're, 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 there's a bunch of different ideas about why, um, where, where they were sung. Some say it was the songs of the pilgrims as they were going up to Jerusalem. Some say it was the priests as they were going up to uh, the, the temple. Uh, there's a lot of different ideas about what it is. But I, I, but I looked it up, and I, I spent some time uh, looking at, at the word ascent, because it's in there. It's like, it's going up. And and what it really is, is going to the next level. All of the songs have a theme in which there's like a level for us to take a step in. Uh, Something you guys can study along with me the rest rest of my life. Um, The the first one is in Psalm 120. It's, 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 It's crying out to God in our in our pride. It's, it's being stuck in the context. Anyway, does anybody here have any pride? Okay, any, any left? I know I, I'm, about, I'm losing my pride right now, standing here. Um, but uh, it, there, there's levels of humility that we can go to. Anyway, uh, so, something. Why, why am I saying that? Um, I'm, I'm saying it because Part of what Jesus is trying to get at is even when you're done, you're not done. There's another step to take. And so uh, for Christians, we get really complacent after a few years. Uh, you know, after five years, uh, a person, after a person's been a Christian for five years, they leave their, their first church. Did you know that? Um, it's historically everywhere. 
every, every amazing church that there is out there after five years because we think we have learned everything that we can possibly learn in our first church. This is all the second church of all you guys. Okay, that's okay. It's, we're okay then. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but, the, but part of the, the mystery of being a Christian is that we, we think at certain seasons of our life that we've gone beyond our ability. And what's, what's so cool about church is it's not about the pastor. Did you know that? You know that? Um, while I'm talking right now, the Holy Spirit is either speaking to you or not speaking to you. If he's speaking to you, he's, he's not saying the same words I'm saying. He's like, oh yeah, <laughs> he's, just, he's just triggering uh, off of you. Okay, now, I want to grow. But, I, but I, the, the only way for us to, to grow is to have this thing within us that says, Lord, I want to grow. I need to grow. And that's what we're not seeing with the Pharisees. The Pharisees said, no way, not doing it. And here's the, the kicker. Are you ready for this? But the Pharisees and the experts of the law rejected God's purpose for themselves. That's like the, the saddest verse in the Bible. Here's Jesus standing in front of them with the words of life saying, you can be forgiven. You can receive grace. You can, you can have full access to God. And they said, nope, not doing it. And it says that they reject God's purpose for themselves. So I put down here, do I reject God's purpose for myself? Because I'll bet that God has purposes for my life that I have rejected. Now, I put down, there's a couple reasons why we reject God's purpose for ourselves. Here's a couple of them. I'm thinking from a Pharisee's perspective since I've been a Pharisee and identify well with that group. There's fear of man involved. The Pharisees were a group of people that were like, we know God because we know the Scriptures. And they were afraid for others to see them Go after him. Go after God. Have you ever tempered your spiritual life around unbelievers? Huh? You go to work. I sat on a plane with a guy. I could tell he was not interested in the things of the Lord. And so I did not talk to him about him. Now, if we'd all gone down in the plane five minutes before we hit the water, I would have said, dude, do you know Jesus? Um, actually, I did try to engage him in a conversation. This is what I said. How's it going? He said, it's going. And then he put his headphones on. So I could tell he was not open to my evangelistic outreach at that moment. Uh, and thankfully, it was a flight that was without most bumps. Anyway, all that to say... <laughs> But that's not the first time I've ever tempered my spiritual life around another person. Because either I've been afraid 
or I've been concerned about what they might think about me. This happens. It even happens in churches. What if right now I said, I am going to be completely, be completely radical for God, no matter what, and even if you all leave the church, I'm going to, I'm going to just be 100% for God. That's fearful, right? Now, how about some of you guys step out and do that? No, you guys are. What am I talking about? I'm talking about people on the internet. Okay, because we get paralyzed by fear. We get paralyzed by thinking that we have to fit in conformity with our Christianity to temper it down. And these guys did did the same thing. We can also... um, Reject the purposes of God by saying, I don't, I don't have any needs. I don't need what God's asking me to do right now. And so Jesus tells them this story about a game that we play with God. Ready for the game? All right, here's the game. He says, I see you guys, not you, uh, like, like this. You're like kids playing in the marketplace. Now, there's two kinds of games that, that they must have seen. Now, it, like in, when you're in Guatemala, when there's uh, a funeral, they do it very publicly. Often uh, they'll put somebody in a pine box, and then the people will come and they'll walk down the street, and they'll have the funeral in the street, and people will cry. Jesus is referring to this kind of funeral. But then he's also... You'll see weddings. You'll see weddings every, every, everywhere, uh, not, not necessarily in Guatemala. The, my, my favorite weddings were in India. Those guys know how to throw a wedding. I mean, it's, it's a multi-day affair. I've never been to one of those. But man, do they, they make American weddings look, yeah, not, not even, not even there. So Jesus tells this story, and he says, they're like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another, hey, we paid the pipe for you and you didn't dance. We, 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 we created this great thing for you and you didn't dance. And then he says, and we sang a dirge and you did not cry. We, 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 played, we played funeral and you didn't cry for us. So basically, no matter what God does sometimes, people will not respond that's what he's saying. He's saying, no matter what happens, and so they, they, here's their response to that. John the Baptist came neither drinking, eating or drinking wine, and you said he has a demon. So I give you like the most spiritual guy on earth, the one that looks spiritual. He's got the prophet clothes and he's eating bugs. And, and, you, and you're saying, that guy, he's crazy. And then I come, and I'm like, I am your friend. Let's eat together, which is a great picture of God, isn't it? Jesus is the ultimate. He is the image of God. He comes and he says, let's eat. Let's drink. Let's be together. And we're saying, uh, he's a glutton and a drunkard. And boy, he's got the wrong friends. He, he hangs out with sinners. Aren't you glad Jesus still hangs out with sinners? Yeah. Okay, good. You're here there. Um, so no matter how God presents himself sometimes to us, um, we find ways of rejecting it. That's what he's talking about. 
God is making a way for us in our life. And no matter what he does, no matter what game, we're like, I want to play by my own rules. That's what these guys were doing, not you. All right. So they were wanting to meet God on their terms. And their terms weren't really good terms. I mean, what, what Savior could have come to these guys and won them over? Anybody? <laughs> Nobody. Their hearts were closed to the things of God. And Jesus warns us, I guess, of this. And he says there can come times in our life where we so try to route ourselves around what God is trying to bring into us that we miss him, that we miss his very purposes. So it brings me to some questions in my own life. And, and, and these are some things that actually the Lord was speaking to me about in Guatemala. Because when you're on a mission with people for God, there's just something about the focus and the purpose, and we're willing to do whatever it takes for that time. And Jesus was speaking to me and said, are you willing to live like that here? And I said, yes. It's in my journal. I said, yes, Lord, I am. And I didn't ask him what would that require. I just said, yes. And I, I believe that the season that we're moving towards, I know we're in the, you know, it's, it's summertime. People are all over the place. But I really felt like the Lord was speaking to me strategically about how we can use our gifts and our callings and God's purpose in this place in a greater way. And uh, I can't wait. That's why I wanted to talk to you about it, but I'm not going to. Um, now, any of you, is there any place in your life right now that you know that you're resisting God? Let's think about it for a minute. I used to say that I, I resist God most in my time. Because I have a limited time. You know that. I only get 23 hours a day. I know the rest of you get 24. You know we all have the same time, right? It's just it's how we spend it that makes the difference. Okay. Um, is there a point of conviction that the Lord has been trying to talk with you about? Looking around the room. Good. Nope. Everybody's 100%. Good. Is there an area of your life that you need change? I, I could not believe that was like the, op the heavens were open in Guatemala, and, and God, I, I, I can even show you. I don't have my journal on me. I found 25 things to repent of in one quiet time. 25 things. Man, I'd been storing them babies up. I mean, I spent time with the Lord almost every day. <laughs> right? Uh, and I didn't repent at all. And then I get 
to Guatemala and it's like, oh yeah, and you could repent about this and this and this. How many would like to see those? I'll bring them. We'll find some common ground. <laughs> uh, huh? <laughs> I know you're all thinking, boy, he's got a drinking problem. He's got problems. <laughs> no, no, not, it's none of those. It's, it's, it's these hard attitudes that, that just will, will destroy you. Keep your life from being ineffective. Okay. So he says this curious thing at the very end. He says, but wisdom is proved right by all her children. Now I've read that many, 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 many times. And I've even looked at a couple of commentaries and there's all kinds of stuff out there, but I got it when I read this uh, a couple days ago. Who's he talking about here in the story? These, these kids, right? Bunch of bratty kids that can't be satisfied. And he says, but wisdom is proved right by all of her children. And, and it, it occurred to me that he was talking about not just the, the kids here, but wisdom in action always wins. You know, when you take that step forward, you know, whatever you're resisting God in, uh, let, let's just t- take, it, take an example. Maybe there, there's an area of service or something. And you're like, yeah, but I don't really have time for that. When you take that step, all of a sudden your time multiplies, right? I mean, we don't talk a lot about giving, but, you know, as we give, when the Lord says, okay, I mean, we have our tithes, but it's more when we're like, okay, I need to stretch myself a little bit. And and if you feel the Holy Spirit saying this, I'm not saying this to you, but when we resist and then all of a sudden we're like, of course, why would I resist anything from God? And then you, you give, and then all of a sudden you realize God has enlarged not just, not just your heart, um, but Jesus said when you give, it gets pressed down, mashed together, and starts overflowing. It's crazy. And I've seen that many, many times. So wisdom always wins. Obedience always wins. The children are those that take action. And God always shows up. Okay. So let, I want to I want to end this way this morning. And you know, I don't know I don't know where you guys are in your walk with the Lord right now. I don't know where you guys are online. But I figure if I could find twenty five things to repent of in one quiet time, I bet you could find one. <laughs> This morning, I, I mean, I, I was amazed at myself when I'm writing them down because he'd actually been talking to me. I mean, it was easy. it was like in a minute I wrote a, I wrote a whole page because he was talking to me about it. But I I kept I didn't even realize I was resisting. I was just stalling. And in that moment, I realized I want to give everything to God. 
And so this morning, if you have one thing, I want wisdom to be proved right. Because when you give it to God, then all of a sudden he's going to make it happen. So let's do this. Let's, let's pray together. Lord, as your Holy Spirit has been speaking with us and to us about this story, we can easily find ourselves dissatisfied with the way you present yourself to us. We want you on our own terms, and we want what you give us on our own terms. And yet I know that, at least in this room, I know that you're calling every one of us up to take that step of ascent to you from glory to glory to glory. And Lord, I know there's things in our lives that will keep us down, things of this world, uh, that we're, we're afraid of, we're trying to find our security in. And we know there's no security in this world, Lord. But we have total security in you. And I pray that this morning, as you speak to us by your Spirit, that we would just say, yes, Lord, I repent. I choose to know that the way of God is right. And I give you what's holding me back this morning from your purpose in our life. We don't want it to be said of us that they missed the purposes of God. They rejected the purposes of God. Whatever that might be, whatever small, whatever large thing that might be. And so, Lord, we just hand it to you now. And thank you that you will prove that whatever we are holding back from you, you're going to show us what a waste of our time to try to manipulate around it when we could be experiencing the full life of Jesus in a whole new way. And so, Lord, we give these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I will sign off from our peoples online. Thank you for joining us, those that are joining us this morning. I wish I could see your face because uh, I love you and I miss you, whoever you are out there, I know uh, those that I know. And uh, I, I hope we get a chance to see one another uh, face-to-face soon. Uh, God bless you. Have a great day. Uh, keep pressing forward in uh, what the Lord's talking to you about. Uh, because I, I know God in these days is trying to transform us in, in a much bigger and faster way. In Jesus' name, have a great day.